The drone wars are heating up on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Tuesday, October 27th, 2015, and joining me is the always insightful Vincent Shen. How's it going today, Vince? How are you, Sean? we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we got like four big, big stories, so let's dive right in here. Sure. Um, before we talk about the uh, the attack of the killer drones, ah, bad <laughs> Star Wars joke, um, we've got a few restaurant earnings releases to chat about as earnings season ramps up. Uh, who do we have first? Sure. So there's two companies I want to talk about uh, in particular for the restaurant industry, those being... Uh, first of all, Cheesecake Factory, um, which I feel... Well, you really like your high-calorie meals, don't you? Well, I, <laughs> I just look at this company as having recovered very, very well compared to some of the other companies in the sector since the financial crisis. And it's kind of developed this leading brand and dining experience that has resonated very, very well with uh, especially like upper-middle-class consumers. My, um, my family and I went to the location in Clarendon. Uh, over the weekend, sure. Um, just training and whatever. Um, Forty-five minute wait. Place was hopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah, most and of the times I've tried to go there, yeah. handful of times, it, there's usually a wait. If you go there on a Friday night, for example, you Game can over. expect Game to have over. a nice long wait. Um, so, how do they do this quarter? Sure. So, revenue came in at about five hundred twenty-six point seven million, uh, which is up five point five percent year over year. Uh, their same store uh, sales growth was also up two point two percent. So definitely positive. Uh, and adjusted earnings per share were about $0.59. Cents. Uh, that's actually up from what the gap wow. uh, EPS would have been. Things filtered they, to the bottom line, it looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they took a uh, write-down of about $6 million on their, uh, what's it called? The, the Rock Sugar Pan-Asian Kitchen concept. Which I've never heard of. Have you ever been? No. No. Okay. It's only They only have one of those. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. Uh, They're clearly throwing in the towel on that one. <laughs> adjusted, uh, you know, at fifty nine cents per share, that's still a twenty three percent bump year over year. So very strong on the bottom line. Um, and the thing is, that represents at least on the same store sales front twenty three consecutive quarters of same store sales growth. So, like I said, that recovery has yeah. definitely taken place uh, very strongly since the financial crisis. Um, so uh, the results sound pretty good, mm-hmm. and yet. You know, we don't care about short-term stock price movement, but you know, just for the heck of it, we'll talk about it. Um, stock was down five percent after the release. Sure. So what yeah, gives? this morning yeah. when we came in, it was down five percent. Ultimately, I think on the bottom line, people were pretty happy, but on the top line, I, it fell short of estimates. But not concerning ourselves with that too too much. Overall, you got to keep in mind that, for example, the stock. They declared twenty cents per share dividend, so yielding at one point five percent, not bad at all. Did you happen to catch? Um, sorry to interrupt. The sure. uh, uh, the revenue and the profits, are, like the profit number, is awesome. Um, did you happen to catch why it was a bigger check sizes or more people? Uh, well, the thing is, at least did they even break that out? Uh, I I did not see that in okay. the report. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of breaking down a little bit, uh, their costs, you know, across the restaurant industry, uh. Labor costs have been going up, and this is going to impact the other company that we talk about as well. But they're able to hold that steady. Uh, their cost of sales they actually brought down, I think, a hundred basis points uh, from the year ago quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think their operational, their uh, operating margin was still about steady, and they were still able to deliver that grow- the earnings growth that was so it was just strong. 
Uh, so looking forward, what about the longer-term outlook for the company's expansion? Because they do have restaurants in every major city now, so what's the deal there? Sure. So management guidance, um, just giving you the numbers, uh, they had a midpoint of about $2.62 uh, $2. in earnings per share for fiscal 2016. So that puts the company trading at about 20 times uh, their forward earnings, which is not too bad. Pricey, but not crazy. Exactly. Yeah. It's in line with what the stock has traded right. out previously. Um, and in terms of overall expansion, um, I'm glad you brought that up. It's just very interesting the way their business operates because uh, you know overall, they're very, very, very selective in terms of where they open a new location. You need the thing a certain is, population density, traffic. Well, it's not even that. It's it's really about what kind of customers they want and where they want them. So, for example, they will often target uh, what are considered like the top tier Class A malls. So these malls will have anchor stores that are stronger than a JC Penney's or a Macy's that has struggled mm-hmm. in the recovery, and they'll. Target, for example, on Nordstrom's or, or Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, overall wealthier customers who have done much better in the overall recovery since the financial crisis, who are okay opening their pocketbooks to go out to eat. They regularly. have disposable income. Um, and the thing is, you know, Cheesecake Factory gives them you know the consistency of a chain restaurant experience, but also that kind of more upscale dining feel. And so. Um, you know they're targeting that market very selectively. Overall, management thinks that they can sustain about 300 restaurants in America. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So uh, right now they have about 194 total, and that includes some of their uh, that includes their uh, Grand Lux Cafe, oh, and okay. also yeah. which is like 12 restaurants. But most right. of them are cheesecake factories. But they are also expanding a little bit uh, through licensing agreements abroad. So they have new locations coming in like Mexico. Uh, in the Middle East and Lebanon, Kuwait. I was about to say, I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I bet money there's one in the UAE. <laughs> and uh, they're also, I think they're opening their first one soon in China, which I'm sure will be right. big for them as oh, well. Oh, yeah, it'll be huge. So, over, you know, that, that's early, early stage. I think they have like 11 locations abroad. So, that's going to be a big part, I'm sure, of their expansion opportunities as well. Awesome. Uh, so, moving on uh, to. Uh Great place to watch a, uh, a football game and have a cold one. Sure. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people in this building love this company. Uh, I agree with you. A what lot does of your people, crystal ball say? Vince? A lot of people bullish on the company, and overall, I I wanted to discuss them as well, just because, again, I feel like they're kind of leading class for the restaurant industry with some of the success that they've seen in the past five, ten years. Um, overall, uh, the things that I think investors should be watching are same-store sales, their cost management, and their new concepts. Overall, so for example, with same store sales, their company reported 4.2 percent growth last quarter at company-owned restaurants, 2.5 percent at franchised ones. So, really, any improvement in this metric, uh, the way I see it, is going to kind of be indi- is going to be indicative of basically how successful or unsuccessful they have been with some of these initiatives they've rolled out. So they're using a lot of like new technology-driven. Uh, Product experience, like enhancements, essentially. So they're using like tablets potentially to order and to pay. Uh, they're also implementing like games, trivia. Things are all uh, all part of like that technology-driven side. And they all they have also at least at the company-owned restaurants hired a lot of these guest experience captains, mm-hmm. um, basically in charge of working with or interacting with the customers with promotions, things along those lines to obviously 
uh, make their dining experience as positive as possible. Uh, so that will be reflected in that same store sales growth. So um, the CEO of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has publicly stated they don't just want to own BW3s. They want a portfolio of companies, kind of like a Yum Brandsy kind of a deal. Um, what are these other concepts? What did they talk about that? Sure. So, uh, and the thing is that's really interesting about that is they're, they're going to get aggressive there. So right now they have two, I believe, Pizza Rev and uh, R Taco, which was recently rebranded right. from, I think it was Rusty Taco, right? And, that's a great name. And. <laughs> Management stated they are going to potentially pursue another seven concepts in the next Whoa. five years. And is it uh, hoping that two or three of them get big, and then the other ones? I mean, is that the? I the think thinking? overall you're not going to get a success, uh, you know, a major success with every one. Uh, but o- I, overall, I think they're kind of targeting that as just an outlet for them for growth in the wow, future. Seven concepts, um, and so overall, that's uh, another big part of. Yeah, I think their their longer term plan, and bringing it back a little bit to some of those initiatives I mentioned, you know, rolling those out costs money, and right. again, you know, labor costs have definitely hit the restaurant and uh, the restaurant. Yeah, that was the other hard. thing you wanted to touch on. Um, labor costs were actually up last quarter of it, like one and a half percent or something. So uh, there was about ninety basis points, thirty two point two percent of sales last quarter. And so the thing, we're definitely looking for what they saw this quarter. Exactly, and the thing is, uh, there have been some, you know. Mandated minimum wage hikes, uh, hiring all these guest experience captains who are also paid at a higher wage is going to hit that number potentially as well. So that's something that people that we definitely want to watch on the cost management side. Um, also, keep in mind that just for their inputs, traditional chicken wings increased twenty six percent, or the prices at least increased twenty six percent year over year last quarter, and. The first quarter, that's actually down from the first quarter when they're up 40%, 1% year over year. So they have some agreements now in place with their suppliers to potentially kind of stabilize the fluctuations with chicken prices. But again, that's just something that investors will want to watch closely in the report. Right. Okay. Well, moving on, and before we talk about the uh, the drone wars, sure. um, the uh, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All Loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to Focus.Fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is Focus.Fool.com. And if you're just joining us, the uh, the big story of the day, it was announced that Walmart has applied to the Federal Aviation uh, Association for access and allowance to test drones in uh, the skies. Um, Vince, are you scared? I'm just curious to see if they start like shooting each other out of the sky when Amazon has their drones in the air. This well. actually would be drone wars, <laughs> like actually like shooting each other with lasers mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so, uh, on an unrelated note, although Walmart may very well have seen this, I'm sure they've done a lot of market research. Um, Walker Sands Communications, it's uh, I guess a consultancy uh, for 2015, you know, retailer. They put this out, um, released an interesting report around consumer preferences, and it actually had some really surprising numbers. What sure. did it say? So basically, uh, I you know the main takeaways were that for the uh, for the customers they spoke to, 80 percent said they would be more likely to shop with a retailer that offers drone delivery within an hour. Wow. And uh, on top of that, 77% say, said that they would pay for this service. That is the far more interesting number. Okay. So, um, you know, Amazon obviously made headlines not too long ago in the past year uh, where they basically said their prime air service, which they have a page for on the <laughs> website, 
uh, is oh, you went there today? is targeting <laughs> uh, you know this idea of using drones regularly to deliver packages. Bezos sees it as being you know as common as seeing you know a, a mail truck driving down the street right. potentially. They've actually made more headway in the United Kingdom, as I recall. Yeah. So the thing is, it, right now it's not really the technology that's holding them back. If things really went full scale. Uh, I'm sure there'd be plenty of companies willing to fill that space. It's really regulatory issues. Where in the U.S., uh, you know, FFA, uh, the FAA, excuse me, has been trying to basically figure out how to regulate uh, this this new technology. But in the U.K., uh, they've been much more supportive of the idea, and you know, that's part. Just overall part of the worldwide, because you know both of these, or at least more so for Amazon, but both of these companies with their worldwide operations, uh, they're going to have to deal with a lot of different regulatory bodies getting this technology in place. If if and when it does, maybe the next five to ten years. But uh, it's just interesting that Walmart is, you know, it has obviously uh, shifted a lot of focus. For, into e-commerce as well, into its online sales, and this is just part of those ongoing efforts. So, um, in your opinion, and this is just, you know, it is what it is, um, Google and Amazon clearly have a head start over Walmart. I mean, this just came out, and I, I would not have imagined this, but they clearly see that p- customers are willing to pay for instant delivery sure. in an hour through a drone. Um, are they doing this just because Amazon's doing it, or do they actually think that because I don't go to Walmart because they can get things. Uh, well, you know, you Walmart has huge operations, so the drones don't just present like a delivery benefit for them. Sure, that's that's a great part of it. I think uh, in terms of publicity and just you know uh, the the way it looks, it definitely puts them in a position of appearing to be more like forward thinking and innovative. But at the same time, I could see a lot of companies with these major operations like Walmart using drones to just improve some of their operational efficiency. Right. Well, and that's what they've been using like inside their warehouses. I think, so, I there you go. If that's the yeah. case, um, there's a lot of applications here. Um, and on the delivery front, it's just, obviously, people seem to be interested in that. Right. Get my stuff immediately. Uh, well, before we go and on a lighter note, it seems that uh, there's one retailer in particular that um, thinks Thanksgiving is sacred. Yes. Um, who is this particularly human minded retailer. So this is something I really appreciate when I when I found that about this. Uh basically REI, uh, so outdoor uh, retailer of yeah. a lot of outdoor goods exactly. Um outdoor sports equipment things like that. They've basically said that they're not going to be participating in the frenzy that is Black Friday this year. Um and in their launching I wish this campaign we- uh, let me finish really quick. They're launching this campaign, hashtag opt outside, basically, instead of you know people focused on shopping and things like that, they want people to basically spend that Friday outside in nature where they think it's just a greater benefit for people overall. That's awesome. I wish we were like a radio show and I had one of those buttons I could hit like an uh, alarm bell or just like a yay or something. Um, that That's a big deal. Like, cause you see all these customers and even Amazon's trying to get on the Black Friday thing and all sure. that. Sure. Um, they're opening up at midnight. You got searchlights in the parking lot. All this stuff. Well, that's the issue. Uh, I feel like there's been like there was a big trend where all these major retail- retailers think like Walmart, Target, Costco, Macy's, J.C. Penney. They were Target. They were expanding their hours. So you know, Black Friday shopping started. You know, let's say it used to start at like six a.m. Then it went to midnight. Then it started pushing the Thanksgiving like eight p.m., six p.m. So there was this trend where it was encroaching on you know what I consider to be a very very important holiday, at least for seeing family, things like that. Thanksgiving, obviously, 
And then some stores started shifting away for that from that due to kind of, it's kind of the bad publicity of making employees work on Thanksgiving to right. to basic to satisfy what is basically like shopping desires, right? So some companies started opting out of opening on Thanksgiving but keeping their Black Friday schedules. But now I'm curious to see if this kicks off a new trend where companies uh, you know, it's obviously an important holiday for them, but it's not an end-all, be-all. Overall, the the holiday shopping season has kind of expanded where it used to be really important just between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. Now, the whole, you know, companies are launching holiday season like promotions in the beginning of November and through December. So that expansion of the shopping window means Black Friday's uh, importance has actually shrunk a little bit in terms of percentage of sales. So it's just I'm kind of curious to see if this creates a trend where you know that frenzied time right after Thanksgiving starts losing its importance more and more. This actually makes me want to go buy something at REI. Support. I think it's a great idea, and they you generally, <laughs> you know, have been a very strong, great company uh, with very forward-thinking policies regarding to employees, customers, things right. like that. So I'm not do surprised by you that think, they're launching this at all. Do you think this will be the start of something? We'll see. Hopefully. Sure. Cool. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Vince. Thank you, Sean. Always a pleasure. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about. The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Vince and Shen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and fool on.